Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Thank him for his goodness. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. the presence of the Lord is in this place and your faith inspires me your worship encourages me your hunger for the Lord makes me want to seek after him I commend you tonight for your heart for the Lord and um, it's just been a great delight and treat for us to be here and just great to have my daughters with me thanks for letting us all just kind of bombard here in Living Hope, and we've had a great time. And um, I'll invite you to turn to 1 Corinthians 16, 1 Corinthians 16, and um, we sure love the Statons, and thank God for their leadership and friendship, and, and um, the family of God is a special thing. The family of God is very special, and uh, now every family has a weird uncle. Every family has uh, one of those. Someone said, if you're thinking, no, my family doesn't have that, congratulations, you're it. So, um, So I don't know where I fit in all that, but I have... I have come to very, very deeply appreciate the family of God. And um, it's not perfect because I'm in it. And um, I, I know that, that there are times that we, uh, we fuss and we have disagreements. But I'm going to tell you what. When the rubber meets the road, we're going to fight for one another. We're going to pray for one another. And we're all just trying to, to be about the mission. Amen. And to hear him say one day, hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful. Not perfect, thou good and faithful servant. That's the goal. And... Um, People like Jason Staten has made me a better man and made me want to love Jesus more. And I love you, man. And I um, appreciate um, men of God. Let me tell you something. This generation demands men of God to stand up and be bold 
and declare the word of the Lord. And um, I'm thankful to have people around me and friends that will encourage me to stay bold and to be courageous and not bow. I mean that, and that's why I say all this, because we need that kind of encouragement. That's why I intentionally seek out people that are going to make me better and make me help me to be more like the Lord. Amen. And so I feel like I'm in that kind of place, and um, I'm going to do my best to just deliver what's on my heart tonight. First Corinthians sixteen nine. The Bible says, for a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. For a great door. Everyone say great door. And effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. I feel, I feel like I'm here today. Um, you know, God does what he wants to do, and I, I want to always be sensitive to what God is wanting. And I feel like today my role is to come and not necessarily try to wow anybody or bring new revelation, some deep, dark mystery from the word of, the, of God. I, I feel like my role is not to bring some new revelation, but to really come to you this Sunday and be a voice of confirmation for what God is desiring to do among you. And I pray that you'll receive it as I, as my heart is, I want to be pure, I want to be honest, and I want to have the right desire, and I want God's kingdom to move forward. Now, you wouldn't be here on a Sunday night if you didn't want that, I understand. So, I understand who I'm preaching to tonight, I understand I'm preaching to people who love God, you love this church, you love the mission, you love what God is doing, and I want to preach to you tonight. And I've not come to beat you up, I've not come to tell you everything you're doing wrong, um, I, I've come to hopefully bring a word of the Lord that is a confirmation for some things that God has been saying to you, whether personally or maybe through your pastor, and I intentionally, I haven't asked him much of anything, and that's very intentional. Because I want to get up here and be as honest and as clear and as free to just preach what I'm feeling without any kind of preconceived conversations that I've had before I've come to this pulpit tonight. So let me be clear. I don't know all that the Holy Ghost will say here tonight, but let me just be clear. Your pastor has not fed me any notes. <laughs> I don't roll like that. And if he had, I'd have probably tucked them in here and just acted like I didn't see them because I don't think we have to try to manipulate what God is trying to say. I just think we just say, okay, Holy Ghost, speak to us, and he'll do that tonight. So I want, the, I want God to just have his way. Would you lift your hands all across this room and just say, God, speak to me tonight. I'll open my heart to receive your word. I thank you, Lord, for your presence that is so real, so tangible here tonight. So many faithful men and women of God that have come tonight, and I pray strength upon this body. 
I pray strength upon every leader here in this pastor and family. In the name of Jesus, let your word go forth with authority and clarity and do what it's intended to do, I pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Before you're seated, I just want to, I guess I'll give you the title of my message tonight. And I want to preach to you for a long time on the door is open. The door is open. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to take just a moment to kind of give context to the passage of Scripture that we read. And, and I know that you have probably heard 25 sermons about an open door. But the closer this service got, the more intense this burden came to me. Paul had a plan. The Apostle Paul had a plan to reach the major cities with the gospel. Now, it's good to have a plan. <clears throat> it's good to have um, uh, a strategy in which you intend to implement your uh, way to carry out the mission and the mission of God in particular. Paul described his plan. He would go to Macedonia and Corinth and go through Asia Minor and different port cities there. But in, instead of rushing to Corinth, Paul felt that it was right for him to stay at Ephesus for a while. Paul saw that his efforts in uh, Ephesus, say that five times real fast, um, they were succeeding, and he felt like it was right for him to stay there. He recognized that this success was um, perhaps an indication that he need to, needed to continue his work there. Beyond this, Paul saw resistance from his work there as an indication that he should stay for a while. And this is interesting to me because... As you read the scripture, and we'll get there in a little bit, but he, he did not take resistance necessarily as an indication that it was time to pack up and leave. In fact, part of his decision to stay a while uh, included this element of resistance. Everyone say resistance. Says something about Paul's perception of his ministry that the presence of opposition was a sign to him of the viability of his labor and, and a reason for him to keep pressing on and not just running away in retreat. I think it'd be good for us to kind of adapt that same understanding and, and mentality that just because resistance is present is not an indication that we're doing something wrong. Just because it's a challenge does not mean you missed the boat somewhere. And just because there is resistance does not mean that you took a wrong turn somewhere. 
I remember reading uh, in the Bible about a story of a father who came to Jesus and said, my, my son, the spirits throw him down and he's gnashing his teeth and he's foaming at the mouth and the spirits throw him into the fire. Remember that story? And the Bible says that while he, he had to be from the south because the Bible says while he was yet a coming, that's, that's what the, the King James says. While, I think it's the book of Luke. It says while he was yet a coming. <laughs> the spirits threw him down, and he began to have this fit while he was on his way to Jesus, on his way to the answer, on his way to deliverance, his most severe resistance came. I came to just confirm and tell somebody, the trouble you're going through is not necessarily God's disapproval. If you're headed in the right direction, it could be hell is intimidated by what God intends to do in your life. Living hope, the presence of trouble, is not evidence of God's absence. The presence of trouble is no indication that you're doing something wrong. Hell is mad at what God is going to do in this church. In our text that we read tonight, Paul gives some insight into what he was facing. He said, there is a great door. And effectual is open to me, and there are many adversaries, many adversaries. Doors have had a significant place in Scripture, both symbolically and in reality. If, if you just do a, a quick search of Scripture, you'll see that doors play an important role, uh, particularly as it's related to Old Testament worship. And, and there were doors that would... Uh, allow you to enter from one area to another and would lead people into uh, uh, different areas of either of worship or there was the door on the ark. There was all kinds of different doors. And I'm going to just rush through this, but, but, but doors give us or they denote opportunity. Doors allow you to leave one area ahead to another area. Doors can also provide safety and security. Doors can protect you from the elements of the world. Doors can represent transition from one place or one dimension, one level, one season to another. Paul said Ephesus is an attractive place. There is a great door of opportunity. There was a large population. There was a lot going on there. And Paul said, I look at Ephesus. Some may look at it as an impossibility. Some may look at Ephesus as there's no reason to even try. Some may view the details of the city and say we may as well pack up and forget it. But Paul said, I see a door. And it's not just any door. It's a great door. Hallelujah. How you view your city matters. I, I live in, in a city that is known uh, for crime. Um, it, it, it's known to have some difficulties. It gets hard, hit hard when the economy tanks. We're usually the first one to tank and the last one to recover. I live in a city, an area of about 300,000 people. 
and 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 it's known, and we always hit the list. To be honest with you, and they actually they like to give me a hard time that, that we hit the list of you know places you don't want to raise your kids, right? The one of the top ten most dangerous cities. You know, I don't know who writes the list. I don't know where they come up with all this stuff. But once you get on, do know this: once you get on one of those lists, it's hard to ever get off of those lists. The reality is this. It's not somewhere that people necessarily always have the best opinion of. And people are looking and saying, well, someone told me one time. They said, well, I'm out of here. They said, turn the light off when you leave. And I, 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 I didn't say it. I bit my tongue. But I wanted to say, I'm not here to leave them in the dark. I'm here to turn the light on. Here's what I discovered. You can't reach a city that you don't weep over. And you can't reach a city if, if you're always talking about how bad it is. <laughs> God convicted me uh, some time back about my view of my mission field. This is God's city. These are God's people. God sent us here. And I refuse to slap God in the face by telling him how terrible this place is. You know what I tell our church? We may be in a tough town. It may feel like we're at the gates of hell, but there's no better place to have an apostolic revival than at the very gates of hell because the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Living hope, you listen to this preacher. God put you here, and as long as he has you here, Stay on mission. There is a great door. I refuse to curse God's calling on my life. Hallelujah. 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 Paul said, I'm going to Ephesus. And I'm going to stay there for a little while. Hallelujah. I'm going to stay there for a little while because there's a great door. There's a great door that's open. There's a great door that's open. Now, now listen, great success in the work of God commonly creates spiritual enemies. The devil opposes the most those who set themselves to destroy his kingdom. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It seems like the harder you pray, the more resistance you feel. You call fasting in prayer, all kinds of craziness starts coming out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You 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 start you start calling a prayer revival, you start fasting, you start getting together, I'm gonna tell you what, it stirs up all kinds of foul spirits. People start going crazy. Things people start things start acting up, right? You, 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 you start getting mad at people you haven't been mad at in a long time, and you're like, what's going on? I'll tell you what's wrong. Hell hates the church. And hell hates the mission of the church. And hell hates the unity of the church. Because hell knows something we need to understand. There is a great door. that it, The door is open. The opportunity is there. The revival is there. A move of God is there.
starts pushing back. And Paul said, you know what? The resistance I'm feeling is not going to persuade me to abandon what God has called me to. Can I tell somebody, do not abandon in, one, in frustration what you once declared in faith. Hallelujah. Don't abandon in frustration what God has called you to and you have declared in faith. Hallelujah. I don't know why I'm on this today, but just bear with me today because I want to encourage this church because hell is trying to wear out the people of God and he's trying to get you distracted and he's trying to get your focus down. He's trying to get you looking here and looking there. And I've lovingly, I know I'm being a little confrontational, but I want to speak with boldness to you and tell you that the door is greater than the adversary. The revival is greater than the resistance. Your calling is greater than the struggle. Here's what I've learned. Anything worth having, you're going to have to fight for it. Anything worth achieving is going to be a struggle. I like to think I could be buff and strong and fit. But I, I can't sit at the table for three hours eating chimichangas. I'm going to talk about those things for weeks and expect to have the arms of Jason State. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. There takes some resistance in your life. There takes some struggle. There takes some discipline. There takes some effort. And what I want to tell you is anything worth having, any success, any accomplishment, any victory, and any revival, you may as well expect it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. When every time, let me tell you what's happened. Every time this church pushes, something crazy happens. I don't have to ask. I just know how it works. <laughs> every time you think you're, you ever use the phrase, oh, we're turned the corner. You ever turn the corner and find, oh, wow, there's another corner. Right? You, you turn the corner, wow, I didn't expect now this road is full of potholes and now this is, there, this is going their way and that's going that way. What am I doing? And, and you get this worked out and you get this marriage fixed and then a marriage over here and you get this kid straight and another kid's going crazy. Right? You get one on fire and somebody else starts sliding out the back door. What's going on? I'll tell you what it is. When you start pushing, every demon in hell gets upset and begins to fight the plan of God. But I come to tell you, I refuse to quit pushing. I refuse to walk away from the door. Brother Staten, it's time to go through the door. I'll go ahead and say it. I'm going to prophesy and tell you it's time to walk through the door. If you believe that, clap your hands and shout to the Lord. living hope silence every voice that is saying otherwise the door is open revival is here there is a move of God this key backsliders are coming back backsliders are coming back your family will be saved Woo! 
Somebody shout, yes. yes. It's time to just get ready to fight. It's time to just get ready to push. It's time to just get ready to say, listen, I don't care. I don't care if everybody else walks out. I'm hanging in here. Uh, not, not a while back now, a few years ago now, we were sitting in a, we were sitting in a leadership meeting. This is broadcast, and that's all right. I, I don't have anything to hide, and whatever, it doesn't matter. We were sitting in a leadership meeting. Got all our leaders all around the table. And I looked at every one of them. We're going through some hard stuff. Just real life. Churches go through different seasons. Things happen. I think everybody in this, probably most everybody in this room, you, you, you've been around church life long enough, you know, it's like things can ebb and flow and up and down and good and bad. Some weeks you walk in and it's like, ooh, the glory cloud. And other weeks you walk in and like, whoa, where'd it go? Now, I'm sure that doesn't happen to Living Hope, but, but at Silver Hill sometimes we, we, we're like, whoa, wow. Where the, I tell you, we've been fighting all kinds of crazy stuff. I had all our leaders, we're all sitting around these tables. I looked at every one of them. And I said, I don't care if every one of you walk out today. I'm not going to give all the details, but I don't care if every one of you walk out today. I'm staying. And we're going to have revival with you or without you. And one by one, those leaders start saying, we're with you. We're in this together. Listen, I'm not just here. Hear me. I'm not in the church just to make life easier. I'm here to spoil hell's plot and get people to heaven. And whatever it takes to do it, we're going to do it by the grace of God. I got a question for you. Are you in this for the long haul? Are you here? Are you buying in? Are you saying, yeah, we're going through the door. We're going. There is another building. There is another revival. There is another breakthrough. It's on the horizon. The door is open. All right, be seated for a moment. Let, let, me, let me try to get to this here because it's important. Um, uh, Paul, Paul had hindrances. My goodness. You talk about trouble. I've never been in a shipwreck. I've never been beaten. never been thrown in prison. Never had to let me in a basket down over the wall of a, of a city. All right. Oh, someone attacked me on Facebook. Oh, well, you'll be all right. They didn't like my preaching. Well... You know, I, tell, I just tell them, take a number, get in line. Listen, I don't intentionally go around trying to make enemies, but I am not here to coddle your carnality. <laughs> I am here to get us through the door. And I, I know I'm just a guest here. Bear with me today. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just preaching what God gives me to say. I'm just telling you, you can sit on this side of it and talk about how we can't and it won't and we shouldn't and how hard it is. Or you can just go ahead and come on through the door with us. Because living hope, the door is open. We're coming through it. I said we're coming through it. I said we're coming through it. I said there's a supernatural outpouring of the Holy Ghost. There's something going to break in this city. The door is open. 
Let me try again. Acts chapter 19. Let me try again. Acts chapter 19. Now, now, now get it. Paul said, Paul said, there was a great and effectual door. And I'll get to that in a minute. There's a great and effectual door open in, in, in Ephesus. Paul's like, man, the opportunity for a revival. This is me, my version. But the opportunity for a revival is so great in this city. I mean, it's, it's amazing. You sit down with Paul and he's talking about, man, I just had this conversation with somebody. And they're hungry to know who Jesus is. You sit down with Paul and he's talking about the Messiah. He's talking about Jesus is the Messiah. He, I mean, everywhere, he's just talking. He, he didn't seem too discouraged, did he? He's like, hey, they're, they're, yeah, there's adversaries. But his first comment was about the opportunity, not the opposition. His focus was on the door, not the devil. All right, let's try again. Acts 19, verse 23. I'll read it in King James, and I'll read it in another version in a minute. And the same time, there arose no small stir <laughs> about that way. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, made silver shrines for Diana. The goddess brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. He's making them money, right? He's making money on their worship of a false god. All right, whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation, verse 25, and said, Sirs, you know that by this craft we have our wealth. Moreover, you see in here that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul, I love that, this Paul, can't you hear him? His head kind of shakes, his neck kind of wags. This Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people. Saying they be no gods which are made with hands. So that not only this our craft is in danger to set it not. But also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised. And her magnificence should be destroyed. Whom all Asia and the world worship. This Paul is messing with our business. And it was no small stir. <laughs> and you know what Paul said about it? There is a great door. <laughs> Open to me at Ephesus. But they're talking about you. Oh, really? They don't get to determine whether the door is open or closed. They don't hold the key to the door. They don't hold the authority to open or close. And here's what I know about my God. What he opens, no man can shut. And what he shuts, no man can open. I've not come with deep revelation. I've come with a confirmation for living hope. It's time to go through the door. I said, we're not focusing. I don't want to sit around and talk about the devil. I don't want to sit around and talk about the negative. I want to talk about the door. But let's look at verse number 11. Go back to Acts 19, verse 11. <laughs> now God worked. Okay, now that's the setting, right? They're mad. They're ready to take him. They're ready to do harm to him. 
they said, we gotta, we got to do something about this. And verse 11 says, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that even the handkerchiefs, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Paul was, he, he refused, I believe, to be intimidated. And his courage and his authority intimidated those around him. I believe it's time for the church to stand up and be bold and be courageous. I didn't say arrogant. I said bold and courageous and walk in the spirit and speak by the authority of the word of God. And when we do, darkness has to flee. Can, can I just, we're trying to negotiate with some spirits that we need to take authority over. We're trying to bargain deals and make a deal with a spirit that has no other intention than to destroy the mission of the church. But I've come to tell you, it's time for Living Hope to stand up again and just, just confirm it. We're still standing. We're not losing our backbone. We're not losing our courage. We're not losing our faith. An open door. It's an open door. Because in the middle of the mess, you can experience the miraculous. And I want to preach to good men and women of God. Don't mistake my passion today as anger or anything like that. I want to preach to some good men and women of God who are overwhelmed by the opposition tonight. And let me tell you a little bit about your adversary. The devil is on a deadline. The devil's on a deadline, and he's scared to death. You're going to call his bluff. Mm -hmm. He's scared to death. You're going to call him out, and you're going to confront him face to face. Because here's, listen, the devil, listen, the devil doesn't know everything, but he takes good notes. And when you start divulging things in your life, you begin to give him a weapon that he can fight you with. So he takes good notes. So you got to be careful what comes out of your mouth. He doesn't, hear me. The devil doesn't know your thoughts. You believe that? The devil doesn't know your thoughts. He doesn't know what's going to happen tomorrow. He doesn't know what's going to happen three seconds from right now. He doesn't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm just kidding. He doesn't know what's going to happen with your job. He is not omniscient. He doesn't he is not everywhere at the same time and he doesn't know all things. He's not omnipresent and he's certainly not omnipotent. He doesn't have all power. He doesn't have all knowledge. He can't be everywhere at the same time. Right? So the reality is his only plan is to take good notes and the things we vocalize now he uses to weaponize against us. That's why you got to guard your mouth. And guard what you say. Even if it's in here. 
you gotta, you got to make sure I'm not speaking negativity against the mission. I'm not speaking negativity against the plan of God. Why? Because you're giving him insight to where you're weak. That's why there's some things... It's just between me and Jesus, and he knows my heart, and he knows my thoughts. So here's what I like to do when I'm having those days and struggles, when it feels like at any moment, it'd be like that proverbial sweater at any moment, someone's going to pull that one piece, and it's, the whole thing's just going to unravel. You ever feel like life's like that? You're like one piece, someone, if they just pull one, if one more thing happens, it's all just going to unravel. Anybody ever felt like that? I'm not going to ask you if you're feeling like that tonight. But you felt like that, and, and you felt like it was going to unravel. In those moments, don't vocalize it. I'm just saying, what you need to do is in those moments, begin to speak faith and to speak with authority and say, I rebuke every lie of the devil. (laughs) No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I take authority. I bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What am I doing? I am speaking faith. And I'm eliminating an opportunity for hell. To get in my way, to get in my path. I don't know why I'm saying all this, but the Lord knows. So what I'm telling you tonight is this. Some of you need to be careful. (laughs) Please hear my heart. I know I'm just this guy coming in, but please be careful what you're vocalizing. It has greater impact than you think. I'm not just talking about, you know, thinking positive, some positive mental attitude. Please be positive. But I'm talking about let the Holy Spirit guide your mind. Let the Holy Spirit guard your mouth. Because the door is open. And all of this works as a distraction and a deterrent to block us from the door. There's one thing that hell does know. They know the door is open. Hell knows the door is open. And hell knows it's on a deadline. He's scared to death. You're going to call us bluff. I've come to pull the curtain back tonight. I've come to remind you that hell cannot, cannot control anything that either God or you don't allow. Hallelujah. And I want to tell somebody that God has not closed the door. You've simply become distracted. The door's been wide open all along. We get distracted. I gotta be honest with you. There have been times that I've, I don't know if you've ever stumbled into a door. You ever walked in the night and stumbled into a door? It's, ma- it's confession. We're, we're having confession night, Sunday night. Confession night, it's living hope. Stumbled into a door is wide open. If the lights were on, you'd have seen it. If you had been watching, Where you were walking, you'd have seen it. If your focus had been in the right way, you would have seen it. (laughs) We get distracted. We get pulled away. 
All kinds of things interrupt our walk. And I've just come to try my best tonight to bring our focus back to what God has available for his people. It is a great door. It's a great door. It's a great door. The door denotes opportunity. Everyone say opportunity. He said there's a great opportunity. Effectual. Perhaps the most simplistic definition would be effective. If I could reword it, it would say for a great and wide opportunity for effective work is before me. And there are many adversaries. An effectual door is one that is not merely looked at, but is one that is made use of effectually. Between me and my destiny, there are adversaries. But there is a great door. Great in opportunity. Great in opportunity. Living hope. I don't know what all your dreams are. I don't know what all your vision is. But I know there's more. I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to just be the nice guest speaker. Let me tell you something. There's more. There's a whole lot more. There's not just a little bit more. There's a whole lot more. (laughs) My dad preached a sermon when I was a kid. He's from the South, so I better preface that. He preached a sermon called, You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. And I've just come to Living Hope to tell you, there's more. Let me tell you something. I'm not going to put you on the spot. But whatever God's telling you, it's Him. It's God. It's time. Now, that does not mean that we skate through. That doesn't mean that everybody's going to jump on board automatically. That means we're going to obey God and leave the results up to him. Listen, we, our responsibility is direction. His responsibility is the door. If we will walk in the right direction, hang with me. We'll get through the door. If we will keep moving forward, we're going to get through it when we need to get through it. All right, I wasn't going to go here, but I have to go here. Simon Peter was thrown in prison for preaching. He was chained by four groups of soldiers. He was in stocks and bonds. Meanwhile, the church is praying, right? They're in the house, in the city, and they're praying. Oh, God, get Simon Peter out of prison. Oh, God, get our preacher out of jail. God, get get our preacher out of jail. Get him out of jail, Lord. I don't know if they've had to pray that here yet or not. I don't know. God, get our preacher out of jail. God, get our preacher out of jail. They're praying. Meanwhile, God is dispatching angels into the jailhouse. Listen, their prayer was being answered before they knew it was being answered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They didn't feel it. They didn't feel anything. They didn't sense anything. They didn't see anything. But while they were praying, God was already at work, living hope. 
Only thing you may be feeling right now is resistance. But don't take your cue of God's activity by the resistance you're feeling. God knows how to work in the middle of resistance. God can do more than one thing at a time. Here's what happens. Dispatches angels. They come to Simon Peter. Tap him on the shoulder. I thought it was kind of interesting that he was sleeping. I don't know how you say I can't even sleep on an airplane, much less in a prison. Tap him on the shoulder and say, let's go. And they get him out of prison, right? They lead him out and then leave him. Hear me. They got him, right? They got him out. And it's like, okay, let's go. Let's go. They get to the gate. And what happens to the gate? It opens. Hear me. A locked gate. Now, Simon Peter thought he was in a, in a dream, right? He didn't understand what was going on, really, perhaps. And the gate opens. Now, hear me. The gate didn't open until he got close enough that the gate needed to open. When he got to that next gate, that's when it opened. Some of us worry about three years from now, and God's like, you need to worry about today. And when you get, I'll open this door. And when you need to get through to the next one, I'll open that. Listen, don't be frozen by a door that you perceive won't open. When you get, if you're in the right direction, God's going to open the door when it needs to open. I don't know know how you're going to get the money to build the next part. We have not talked about this. I don't know when, how it's going to happen. I don't know all that. But when it's right, it's going to happen. And nothing held. I don't care if half the church walks out. God can put one check in your account that can pay for the expansion. Well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So when he, when he got to that gate, it opens. He eventually gets out, and he's standing on the street by himself. He says, well, I guess now that I'm out, I guess I'll go find the church. <laughs> I'll go to the house. He gets to the house. Church is inside. Oh, God, get Simon Peter out of jail. Oh, God, get our preacher out of jail. Meanwhile, he's out there. Hey, guys, it's me. This is your preacher. Hey, I'm here. Meanwhile, oh, God, I don't know who's knocking at the door, but tell them to go away. Don't they know we got... We got important things. We're praying here. Oh, God, get our preacher out of prison. Oh, God, get Simon Peter. Hey, guys, I'm here. I'm here. Rhoda goes out to the door. She looks through the, you know the story. She looks through the door. Oh, my goodness. She closes it. She runs in. She stops the prayer meeting. She says, you're not going to let Simon Peter's at the door. They're like, you're crazy. You're mad. That's what the King James said. You're mad. You're crazy. How in the, don't you know that's what we're praying for? I've come to preach to you tonight. It's there comes a time you need to get up off your knees and trust God to do what He said He'd do and go open the door. You need to walk through the door. Your answer. Your answer is at the door. It's at the door. It's at the door. There's a miracle at your door. There's a breakthrough at your door. There's revival. The door 
door is open. Come on, brother. You prayed. Now walk through the door. Come on, sister. You've interceded. Now let's go through the door. Come on. It's time to leave your knees. Get on your feet. Come up here and let's celebrate. The door is open. The door is open. The door is open. Hell's lied to living hope long enough. Hell's intimidated this church long enough. The door is open.
Come on, living hope, keep pressing. Come on, keep praying. <laughs> Come on, pray with authority. We're not backing down. We're not going to be distracted. We're not letting anything in. We're going through the door. Come on, pray till you get your vision back. Pray till you get your faith back.
Hallelujah. 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 I want us to do one more thing. <clears throat> and, and I just feel prompted to do this, and maybe this is strange to you, um, but it's just what I feel. And, and I want us to do it here tonight. <clears throat> We're going to pray over, over the surrounding communities of this church. Now, let me just say this. I feel prompted to say this before we pray. Um, in order to walk through the door, you have to lay down all the baggage and all the things that can block you. You've got to lay it down. You can't get the, through the door. You ever tried to bring every bag of groceries in in one trip? And you get to the door, and you're fumbling around, and you're dropping stuff, and the bags are breaking. And sometimes the only way to do it is you've got to lay something down, and you've got to walk and open the door and walk through I'm just saying it, you got to lay down the baggage. It's not about what has been. It's about what will be. And we're going to pray, but here's what we're going to do. Maybe you do this, whatever. I want us, in a moment, I'm going to ask you just to make a ring around as much as we can. Make kind of a, a ring just all around this, this room here. And, and when we do that, um, I want you to face outward. Okay, I want you to, so you'll be looking, I'm assuming, north, south, east, and west. I'm, I'm a genius, aren't I? But I want you to be looking, and I want you to, when you get in this, whatever, in circle around this, around this auditorium, I want you to face outward, okay? So can we just do that for a moment, and then I'll, I'll give us some instructions in just a minute. I want you to, we have prayed for ourselves. We have prayed, God, help us. God, give us vision. God, empower us. God, give us courage. But I, 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 want, us, I want us to begin to pray over our city. God, prepare. Prepare our city. Oh, prepare our city, God. Because we're coming. Because we're coming. The doors of this church are open to whosoever will. Somebody said amen. The doors of this church, this is not a country club. This is a church. The doors are open to whosoever will. And God, this, the doors of this church are wide enough <laughs> for this city to get through. <laughs> I want you right now begin to lift your voices. I want you to pray specifically over, over the community surrounding this church. Would you begin to pray that God would give you inroads, that God would open the door. Come on. <laughs> pray for your place of employment. Pray, pray for your coworkers. Pray for the students at school. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I'm not going to curse my harvest field. I'm not going to curse my harvest field. Oh, God, baptize us again with a fresh burden. Come on, call out the names of your city. Call out the names of your neighbors. <laughs> Come on, make it personal. God, you open the door, I'm walking through it. You open the door. I'm walking through it.
Hallelujah. Now, I want you to envision right now that God is opening a door. Come on, that you're walking into that door. That God is opening a door not just for this church as a body, but he's opening a door for you as an individual. Come on, we've been praying for this, and now it's knocking on the door. We've been praying for it. It's at the door. It's time to stop praying for it, and it's time to step into it. Hallelujah. I want you to begin to thank God for the doors that he is opening. I want you to begin to thank God for the doors that he is opening. Come on. You might feel like you've been locked up between prison guards, but God's about to loose you from that captivity. But you got to get up. He loosed the bands, but Simon had to get up. Simon had to take the step. Come on, the angels didn't carry him. They led him. But Simon had to be the one to take the step. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, I want you to turn back up here and face me. We're not going to be here much longer. We're going to conclude. But, Brother Bate, we haven't talked about the church. We haven't talked about anything that God's been dealing with me about concerning this church or, or otherwise. We, we're friends. We talked about basketball and how bad we're both at golf. We talked about that. Well, how bad I am at golf. I just thought he would be company with me. He left me out there on the island. Thanks, Brother Bailey. We talked about stuff friends talk about. But I believe what God is, no, when I know God is getting ready to ask of this church is going to be, it's going to break the mold on anything we ever thought God would ask of us. And here's the first inclination. We grab our wallets because we think that's what it means. God, don't come after my wallet again. And then we grab our day timers because God, don't come after my schedule again. It's going to be way bigger than that. It's going to involve your wallet. It's going to involve your schedule. Not in the way you think it is. We, we like the anointing, but Old Testament anointing could only be released when the, when the olive was crushed. The only way anointing gets released in your life is when you're crushed. When there's nothing left of you. When you're so bruised and broken that you're beyond recognition and your will is crushed. That's the only way anointing gets released. And this city doesn't need religion, it needs anointing. And the only way we get anointing is when you take your hand off your wallet and you say, God, if that's what you need, it's yours. Come on. We're not taking up an offering tonight, but I'm just telling you, what God's getting ready to do in this church, through this church, is going to be unlike anything we've ever seen before. It's going to ask things of us that we've never had asked of us, and it's going to open opportunities that we've never seen before. That building next door is not even big enough for what God's getting around. I'm just, I'm just telling you, it's going to be beyond that. It's going to be bigger than that. And I know Brother, Brother Bailey was speaking tonight with some authority, and I don't, you don't need to apologize for that. You don't need to apologize because here's what it takes to get through it. Amen. When Paul went into Ephesus, he said it's a great door, but Paul had to exercise authority because the devil was out to kill. The devil wanted that door shut. I know the last time I stood in this pulpit and preached on that Sunday morning, y'all were like, what's Pastor mad about? I wasn't mad. But, but when God has a door, when there's a door open at Ephesus, God calls the man of God to another level of authority where he's got, it's time to stop patty-caking and, and begging people. 
Some of you don't need to be begged. You need to be pushed. You need somebody to tell you, hey, it's time. What are you waiting for? The door is open. You've been praying for it. Here it is now. Go ahead and take the step. And so if this really is God, he's going to elevate my authority in this church. And, and flesh don't like that. But where this church is going to go without spiritual leadership. If Paul was carnal, Ephesus would have looked like a terrible place. But because of the spiritual mantle of authority God placed on him, Paul said, hey, I feel like something big's about to happen here. All this opposition that's showing up, it must mean that God is about to do something great. So I want us to join hands. Make a, we got a ring formed right now. I want us to get a unified ring. We're going through this door. My brother Bailey, with or without him, we're going through this door. I don't mean that, I don't mean that harsh. But we can't, if we stay here, if we stay here, I don't care which way you face. You can face in now. That's fine. It look, there we go. Let's all be unified. Good. We're all facing in. If, if we don't walk through this door, children of Israel passed up an open door and an entire generation died until they would stand at that door again. I don't know about you, but I'm not willing to let, I'm not willing to let my generation pass away. I'm not willing to let my children pass away without a revival simply because I didn't have enough faith to say, hey, we're going through. So I want us right now to declare together God as a church in 2022. All right. Hey, not just 2022. What's left of 2020. Some of you, God is going to call you to step up. That means you're going to have to get over some of your carnality and, your, and the little uh, feelings that the enemy gets you, as they say today, in your feelings. You can't walk in faith and be in your feelings at the same time. And so you're going to have to take that step. Amen. The, 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 the angels came and they... Loosed the hands of Simon Peter, and they loosed him, but they didn't carry him. He had to take the step, and, and God will give you deliverance, but you got to get up and take the step and say, you know what? I'm tired of being in this cycle where I get bogged down by my own emotions when I know God has called me to more. Well, pastor, you don't understand. It's a family, it's a family thing. You need to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. My God has the ability to break generational curses. He can do it right now in the name of Jesus. Well, it's just my personality type. Some of you let Enneagram control your life more than the Word of God. I don't care what your personality type is. The Holy Ghost, it greater is He that is in you than He. I don't care if you're an M or a, I don't, what are all ECP, what, I don't know what all those things are. I'm telling you, some of you, it's become a horoscope to you, your personality things. You make decisions based on your personality and not the prompting of the Holy Ghost. It's time to break that tonight. If this church is going to go where God wants us to go in this next year, it's not going to be because I preach better sermons. It's going to be because you take a step and you step out of carnality and you step into faith and you get beyond your feelings and you get into faith and you get beyond generational curses and you get into generational blessing. So I want you to begin to give God praise right now. I want you to begin to give God praise right now. Let it be broken. Let it be broken. You got to break it. You got to break it. If you're going to move beyond, you got to break it.
You don't have to stay. You don't have to stay bound. But you got to take a step. I'm not going to limit God to phase two. I believe phase three is on its way. I don't even know what phase three looks like, but I know it's bigger than phase two. I don't know how it's going to get there, but I know God's going to do it. Let me tell you what I believe. I believe we're going to have a church on Great Mills Road. I believe we're going to have a church over in Lusby. I believe we're going to have a church up in Charlotte Hall. I believe we're going to have a church in Leonardtown. Oh, there he goes, speaking all, I'm speaking what God has been dealing with me about. And some of you, God is not waiting on the people that are hungry. He's waiting on some of you to get mature enough to step into those roles. So here we go, Living Hope. Are you ready for God to break the mold? Are you ready for Living Hope Great Mills? Are you ready for Living Hope Leonardtown? Are you ready for Living Hope Lesby? Let me throw one more at you. Are you ready for Living Hope Boston? What was that all about? I'll tell you what it's about. God's been doing something to me. Pastor, that's a long way away. I know it is. But I'm just telling you, God is getting ready to do something through this church that's going to set a paradigm for end-time apostolic revival. Do you really, do you still want it? Do you still want God to do something big? How in the world are we going to, I don't know, but God's going to do it. In the name of Jesus. Come on, he's put before us an open door which no man can shut. Hallelujah, he's put before us an open door. Come on, somebody, I'm ready to step through this door. Here's what I found. I'm going to fight whether I walk through the door or whether I stay here, I'm going to fight. If I'm going to fight, I might as well fight moving forward. Amen. If the devil's going to attack, at least let it be worth my while that I'm going somewhere and that I'm seeing something done with my life. Amen. Either way, the devil hates you. Why not give him something to hate you for? Some of you are just trying to. All right, I'm going to close right here. But some of you are trying to do enough just to stay saved. And God is trying to elevate your ministry. Pastor, I just want to get through a church service and go back home and do my thing. And God all the while is saying, I've got a community that I'm trying to raise you up. Stop trying to get by with a minimum and let me elevate you. There is an open door. There's an open door. <laughs> Hear me. When you speak vision, you make yourself vulnerable. What your pastor is doing right now is dangerous. It's making him vulnerable. And it's telling hell, we're coming for you. Now listen to me. I would never just interrupt the service. But we're going to pray for this pastor. Sister Valley, we're going to pray for you too. 
that whatever comes against them. Pastor, never stop speaking the vision that God is giving you. I love you. May not always appreciate it, but don't stop. The only hope that the, the local church has is for the spiritual leadership to keep speaking and communicating the boldest vision, whatever it is. Don't stop speaking it. I know it makes you vulnerable. I understand what this role is. It makes you very vulnerable. Open for discussion, open for attack, open for criticism, and it, it tells hell, here's what I'm coming to do to you. But I, we're going to pray against every attack. And we're going to pray that God will give him the courage. I know he's a big man and a courageous man and a man of God. But I also know the struggle within. And I'm just, we're going to pray that God is going to supernaturally just give him a courage like he has never had. That in the darkest days of this church, he will never stop speaking the vision you need to save you. I'm not supposed to do this, but we're going to do it. So here's what we're going to do. I don't know if there's a ministry team, ministry team, if there's an elder board. I don't know what kind of system you have. If you're in spiritual leadership in this church, I'm asking you to come to this pulpit or this uh, platform here. Okay, this is going to be the easiest way to do it. Okay, Sister Valerie, come on up here. We're going to do this. I know I didn't plan on doing this, but I felt prompted. And I'm at a place in my life when I feel a holy prompting, I just do it. That's just how I roll. I'm headed home tomorrow. You never have to see me again. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to pray that any mouth that would speak against the leadership of this church would be silenced. And we're going to pray that any voice that would speak negatively about the God-given vision of the man of God will be silenced. Now, I know what you're saying. Oh, it ain't going to be silence. God has ways. <laughs> Boy, I'm killing it. I'm not killing it. There is sustainable victory. I said it this morning. There is a sustainable victory that God is going to give you. Something special happening. It's going to have nothing to do with me. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you to gather around Brother and Sister Staten. I'm going to ask you to gather around this man right here. Something else. That's a man of God right here. That's a man of God. Hallelujah. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm gonna wait on you